डियर लिस्नर्स साईराम वेलकम टू अवर रेडियो सीरीज आफ्टरनून सत्संग दिस इज अ डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडियो साईज प्रेम एंड अरविंद ऑन डिफरेंट स्पिरिचुअल टॉपिक्स एवरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम ऑफ रेडियो साई ग्लोबल हार्मनी यू कैन एन्जॉय दिस लाइव कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टैंडर्ड टाइम Today's episode was first featured as part of Thursday Live on July 4th, 2013. You're listening to Radio Sai Global Harmony and this is Prem and Arvind tuning in to you for this afternoon satsang. Dear listeners, just think of it. how many radio stations are there in the world and how many television stations are there in the world you may be listening to us live you might have downloaded this segment and be listening to us what is the chance that you would be listening to something which will take you closer to god something which will make you think about god how much fortunate we are that in the midst of all this we have had the opportunity to pick and choose and tune in to swami's own channel that's how fortunate you are and that's how fortunate we are we could have been doing anything but we have the opportunity to sit here and talk about swami and offer these feelings and thoughts at swami's lotus feet we are very grateful to swami for that expressing our gratitude for that and for everything that swami has done we begin this week's afternoon satsang sairam arvind and welcome to you sairam prem and sairam to all our wonderful listeners from across the globe well for this week as prem and me sat thinking about what we should speak we came upon something very interesting it was very interesting because it involved an episode that took place in swami's residence in yajur mandir and it also involved a question that a listener had asked and we had planned to respond to it and we had not yet responded though we started off the response a few weeks back only one of those questions were answered the other question still remains and therefore we thought that this afternoon satsang we could share our thoughts our experiences and feelings on these two questions a question that a reader has asked of us and a question that a student asked of swami in yajur mandir and interestingly both of these are the listeners or the readers question because that <laughs> question which was put to swami was actually sent by one of the listeners to radio sai exactly and that was in turn put to swami by the student who was in swami's presence so first coming to the listeners question which came to us before we go to the question which went to swami this listener has asked us if god is good and is the source of everything then what is the source of evil mm. does it even exist that's the question from the listener is god the source of both the good and evil now this question that the student asked swami before i tell that question it is in order to narrate how that episode came about where the student got this opportunity to ask this question from swami right and before we even come to that story we have to actually know some facts when swami had his fall you know in 2002 or 2003 if you remember prem that was the time when swami for a few weeks or maybe few months also swami did not give darshan and he was resting at trai brindavan in bangalore yeah he did not give darshan the way we understand the darshan session but swami was still inside trai he was talking to people he was giving audience to people you know but he was not coming out for darshan 
So as the human mind works that we all thought Swami is full time inside his residence he might be getting bored <laughs> I mean the physical proximity and Swami's maya makes us make such audacious assumptions or maybe it's even you know sheer expression of love in a form that you feel that oh Swami is getting bored so what should be done that was when a radio size set was installed in Swami's room and Swami gave permission for it it was a great moment for all of us at radio sai because here was sai listening to radio sai and in fact swami began to call that radio set or radio sai as bangalore radio and actually one of the devotees mm-hmm. who was marketing those world space sets yeah he came and gifted swami one world space set okay in bangalore so that's how it got that bangalore radio name bangalore radio and after that when swami returned to puttaparthi you know a few months after that swami gave darshan in trai and swami then gave public darshan too and then returned to prashanti nilayam just as it had been done there one more radio set was installed at swami's residence in puttaparthi also and that is how swami began to if i can say listen or tune into radio sai and there have been many instances right where he indicated that he is listening no really how wonderful it would have been you could have announced on the radio you are co listeners of swami himself <laughs> <laughs> sadly we didn't have the thursday live concept during that time right. i remember on one occasion you know swami in bhajan hall while talking to the singers he mentioned do you know these people they are putting all my old discourses right. which i delivered years ago i don't know how they are managing to get hold of it but it's amazing right i mean so innocently and sweetly swami had mentioned this once in kodai swami also mentioned that sinclair is come i have heard a interview of sinclair on radio say yeah and swami everybody got surprised because sinclair was in the united states of america right. that elderly devotee and they were wondering why swami is saying that sinclair is here and then swami said i heard him speak <laughs> and that was when they realized that swami was referring to radio say so in his own way swami has done if i can say a lot of marketing for us guys <laughs> it's amazing yes i think in a sense he was marketing himself because he alone is the person who is speaking here we are definitely as much part of these mics and mixers and all these things the without sai it, it becomes just radio right. it's radio sai because of sai and it shall forever be that way because sai is the source for everything so coming back to this question i told all this because it so happened that on one occasion swami and this student who used to help him at the residence swami had given him the chance to stay with him in the residence and they happened to be listening to a radio sai broadcast a question answer session was being uh, aired on the radio by venkatraman sir yes professor g venkatraman or gv as he is affectionately called and the question that was posed to professor gv was this can atheists also achieve liberation can atheists can those who have no belief in god also achieve the ultimate goal in life i find this question very similar to the one that our listener has written asking whether both good and evil originate from god because here it is like theists are considered as people of god and atheists are people who don't believe in god right. so can those who don't believe in god also achieve god that was the question and uh, professor gv's reply to that question was if a person is an atheist and he happens to be a very good person who does noble deeds who does charitable acts who is kind who is loving then because of the good deeds that he has performed in that life he will be blessed with a birth in the next life in a family that is devoted to the lord so he will take birth as a devotee and in that birth he will be able to achieve the ultimate goal in life which is oneness or merger with the lord that is the answer that professor gv gave to the reader and i feel it's pretty logical in essence he was saying that 
you cannot be an atheist and reach god <laughs> yeah you know that's what you think because if you're a good atheist in the sense you're an atheist but then you will be given the gift of being atheist <laughs> and then you will achieve it right swami was hearing this and so was the student and after the program got over the student just could not bear his curiosity you know so he asked swami what is the truth swami can atheists achieve god actually more than god he said atma sakshatkar yeah correct can atheists attain self realization actually this was the question that was asked of professor gv also right. and the same question the student posed to swami now before we answer that yes the answer to our listeners question right the listeners question the answer is there in the question itself where she is asking then what is the source of evil does it even exist yes it does not exist and the source if at all you see that it exists is also god exactly like how both shadow and the brightness comes from the same light correct one is the absence of light and it's actually darkness that makes us appreciate light it is light that makes us appreciate darkness i feel prem here it's a question of the way we look at the world you know if we look at it in duality versus we look at it in non duality if we look at it in non duality there's nothing like right wrong good bad evil truth it's all one there is only one and that's all there is no debate no question no talking no thought nothing there's everything is oneness and if we talk in a world of duality there is both definitely there is light there is darkness there is happiness there is sorrow and each one of them owe their existence to the other it is because darkness exists alone that we appreciate light it is because light exists that we are able to know darkness in the same way joy and suffering pain and pleasure happiness and sorrow salt and sweet north pole south pole you never can divide them you take a magnet it has a north pole and a south pole opposing poles break it into half it has another north pole another south pole break it break it break it you break it to the smallest ever possible part it still has a north pole and a south pole you just cannot divide it if you choose to see it as poles it is always two poles you choose to see it as a magnet it's just one always absolutely the way they explain the mind is like that you know mm. the mind is in its native sense it is absolutely nothing it's like a photographic film which just takes impressions okay and the mind is always trying to sort out things it mm. is trying to say that this is the cause that is the effect mm. when the mind is in duality when you see right and wrong it always tries to say that yeah these are all good these are all bad so mm. these are all effects these are all causes but the moment the mind says that no this is all false this is all illusion everything ends there so there's no good and bad after that according to what fami says according to what all the scripture says that is the truthful state so that declares the fact that to reach the final state you have to transcend duality and definitely when we are in the state of duality that all of us 99.9% of us are in now then definitely yes good and bad both are sourced from the lord everything comes from the lord and that in itself has a hint for us prem if evil has also come from the lord that means there is some good in it that we can benefit from otherwise why will the lord create it so that itself holds a philosophy that there is nothing like bad and that's why swami says there is nothing bad in the world in the srishti it's all in the drishti now going over to the question that was posed to swami swami simply answered it in a single statement he said anybody who can overcome dehabhimanam can attain atma sakshatkaram which means anybody who can transcend body consciousness give up body consciousness can attain the highest one need not be a theist or an atheist it doesn't matter it's actually a very beautiful thing it's quite similar to what 
Venkat Raman sir put forth as an answer mm. but the focal point has been changed mm. like if you look at Venkat Raman sir's answer he said yeah you be anything then you become an atheist you become a theist mm. and then you get self realization but Swami is saying you be a theist or an atheist the focal point is not believing in god the focal point is giving a body attachment so be either of this but come to the point of giving a body attachment and then you can go to self realization and body attachment or ego i'm sure we had an elaborate full afternoon satsang on that so we will not dilate on that here now but just as a brief recap a single statement that when we say body attachment it is our own perception of ourselves being separate from the rest as our own little body mind complexes that kind of feeling or conviction is what is body attachment right versus daivabhimanam which we should adopt which swami says where you feel one with everything around right just like though the finger is separate from the hand the finger and the hand are one actually right so that kind of feeling oneness and unity with everything that we see because all is one ultimately that is daivabhimanam and this is dehabhimanam and swami says just so that the atheists don't go up in arms devabhimanam and atma abhimanam is the same in fact there's a discourse where swami says this very beautifully you know mm. swami says what is that dehabhimanam anybody can give up Okay, mm-hmm. Swami says just one glass of wine and you will give up the happy manam. <laughs> you know, Swami says that it's so simple. That's what people do. That alone is not important. Even as deha bimanam is going, you should have atma bimanam. You should have a superior awareness. Right. You have to give up this lower attachment to the get the uh, higher awareness. Right. When we drink wine, of course we lose our awareness, but we are not being blessed with any kind of a higher awareness. Right. You know, Prem, when Swami makes any statement, it is the truth in itself. Yes. it is the pure undistilled truth and so if swami says that anybody can achieve ultimate it definitely is true you know i remember several instances where swami made some statements as a casual remark but even those carried profound meaning maybe years later or sometimes even decades later yeah in fact you know one of the most interesting and lighthearted incident which happened was hmm Swami was in a gathering and there were a few politicians also over there Swami had had them seated on the dais mm-hmm. and then there was this politician from Karnataka Mr Deve Gowda so he was the chief minister of Karnataka and Swami was there for our worldwide listeners the country of India is divided into several states and each state has a person heading the state right. and that person is called the chief minister just like the whole nation is headed by the prime minister every state is headed by the chief, chief minister. minister during the address which swami was giving mm-hmm. swami was referring to mr devegowda and in a very casual way swami said mana prime minister devegowda he said for, oh, oh, oh. for everybody okay. who was seated there it looked like swami had a slip of a tongue hmm. instead of saying chief minister devegowda swami said prime minister devegowda and for people who knew the political scenario then you know mr devegowda was from a very localized party which was in karnataka Hmm. and to be a prime minister you need to be in one of the national parties which can play a bigger role so there is no way one mr deve gowda can become the prime minister so people just took it as a casual thing but within less than a few years the situation changed so much the coalition party comes up in the center and they had to put up one of the leaders as a coalition leader and mr deve gowda lands up as the prime minister of the country oh which God. was such a surprise and everybody who had been part of that gathering remembered that what appeared like a mistake on swami's part coming true wow and i remember it recorded by professor kasturi too 
the way he became professor kasturi itself right i think kasturi garu is going to give a speech somewhere during the inauguration of a school so that time there was an introduction which had to be given to him where swami wanted that his name be published as professor, uh, professor kasturi and apparently kasturi had never become a professor and to be a professor you need a doctorate mm. so he explained that to swami he said swami i have been a lecturer but i am not a professor because i don't have a doctoral degree mm. so swami said no 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 kasturi is a doctorate the other elder said no swami the kasturi is not a doctorate swami said i am telling you kasturi is a doctorate from the puttaparthi university Hmm. Okay, and this was in 1950s when the Satsai Institute of Higher Learning was in the womb of time. Right, and when the nearest university was a few hundred kilometers away, hmm. you know, you would have had to travel for more than a day to reach there. Hmm. But nobody then realized that one day there will be a university here which will be given the highest rank for the by the accreditation board of the country. There is no word which is a casual remark by Swami. There is no word which is a trivial statement which can be overlooked. Well, these two statements where somebody thought that you know Swami has made a mistake. but here is another example that i remember this was narrated to us by erradi sir he is i think in his 70s now he has been singing for swami for 3 to 4 decades now it was during one of those shivratri akhand bhajans where bhajans go on for 12 hours and that year it so happened that there were no singers available in puttaparthi and in fact swami personally sent out invitations to a few singers one among which was erradi sir to come over to puttaparthi and when they came over they saw that there were only four singers mm-hmm. raja reddy sir erradi sir and two others i'm not remembering their names now this was i think in the 1960s so then they decided that each person would sing bhajan for half an hour continuously mm-hmm. two others would follow one person would take rest mm-hmm. then they would change so like this is in half an hour half an hour slots so you can sing for half an hour and take it relatively easy for next one and a half hours in this way they conducted the night long bhajans for 12 hours and erradi sir says that the next day they were all sitting and discussing and thinking you know where is all this heading to mm. how will swami sustain this bhajan movement that he has started off so enthusiastically okay just imagine if one of us get sick what will happen oh god we'll have to sing one one hour each and we won't be able to sustain and all this was going on that day when swami comes he comes straight to them and he tells them you are wondering about who will sing bhajans right a day will come when my students will line up to sing in front of me and then also everybody will not get a chance to sing that will be the condition and when swami said this they were simply shocked because they were wondering what students is swami referring to at the time there was no institute there was nothing it was just a veda patshala was there at that time right so they thought that these veda patshala boys they chant vedas okay but where them and singing and and they lining up nothing made sense and then that same erradi sir was saying that during one of the akhand bhajans of late when mm-hmm. it happened in the 90s and 2000 he was saying he had to wait for hours to get a chance to sing and that too he got the chance to sing because all the students respected him as a singer who has been singing for swami for decades and out of sheer respect they offered him and he sang the bhajan and he said i can see those times that have come when you know there are students that are lining up to sing so yes i mean whether it's made in a joke made seriously or anyway a statement once a word emanates from swami's lips it is the veda vakya itself that's very true you know in fact satyam shyam sundar when you speaking about that incident of karnam kamalama coming and asking swami swami what are you doing spending so much time 
giving interviews till 12:30 in the night i think swami made that very prophetic statement then no he said exactly. if i don't do this now not even a crow will come to me mm. but swami said there will be a day when i just have to sit there and do nothing and people will come to me in thousands really this is something very shocking you know i remember when years back we used to send footage to the sanskar tv they wanted to put up some programs on swami those people at sanskar were shocked i mean they had never known this concept for them any guruji any swami ji either keeps speaking <laughs> or does something here was just music and swami is just sitting there and there are thousands who are simply seated in his presence for them the concept of just being seated in the master's presence where the devotees do nothing nor the master does anything was simply unthinkable but that's what happened so now well this was a slight digression but a very much necessary digression so once we know for sure in our hearts that every word of swami is the veda vakya which means when he says that anybody can attain the ultimate it is the truth anybody can attain the ultimate and when i heard this statement prem the question that came burning up from within me was if anybody can achieve then is it that swami favors those who believe in him or swami favors the so called good people noble people does swami hate the bad people when i asked myself that question the answer was no swami loves everyone equally right the good the bad the rich the poor so god's love is equal for all and all have the equal capacity of attaining the ultimate then came the question so why should i be good why should i do good deeds why should i be noble because irrespective of me being noble or evil swami's love for me is the same and irrespective of me being good or evil my ability to achieve the highest swami says is same everybody can achieve all i have to do is give up deha bimanam right then the question comes swami if it doesn't matter at all then why did you ask us to do good because most of us are doing good because we somewhere have that understanding that this is what will make swami happy this is what will swami like that we must be doing yes and we shall continue this discussion further prem i think now it's time to take a small break dear listeners i hope you are also as involved in this as we are thinking and feeling and burning within and we shall resume this discussion after this small song break ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಭಗವಾನುಡು ಮನಕೋಸಂ ಬಿಗಿವಚ್ಚಾಡು ಭಗವಾನುಡು ಮನಕೋಸಂ ಬಿಗಿವಚ್ಚಾಡು ಭುವಿನಿ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಯಿಗ ನಿಲಿಷಾಡು ಭುವನ ಚಕ್ರವರ್ತಿಗ ನಿಲಿಚಾಡು ಭುವಿನಿ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಯಿಗ ನಿಲಿಷಾಡು ಭುವನ ಚಕ್ರವರ್ತಿಗ ನಿಲಿಚಾಡು ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತ 
రామ కథను విన్నాము రాముని ధ్యానించాము రామ కథను విన్నాము రాముని ధ్యానించాము రామా శ్రీరామాని ఆర్తితో విలపించాము రామా శ్రీరామాని ఆర్తితో విలపించాము ధర్మమూర్తి శ్రీరాముడు దయ చూపాడు ధర్మమూర్తి శ్రీరాముడు దయ చూపాడు భువిని సత్య సాయిగా విలిచాడు భువన చక్రవర్తిగా నిలిచాడు భువిని సత్య సాయిగా విలిచాడు భువన చక్రవర్తిగా నిలిచాడు ఎంత భాగ్యమో ఎంతటి సౌభాగ్యమో ఎంత భాగ్యమో ఎంతటి సౌభాగ్యమో కృష్ణుని మా పాలి దేవుని గోపాలకృష్ణుని మా పాలి దేవుని కృష్ణ కృష్ణ శ్రీకృష్ణాని గొంతెత్తి పిలిచాము కృష్ణ శ్రీకృష్ణాని గొంతెత్తి పిలిచాము చల్లని మా నల్లనయ్య కరుణించాడు చల్లని మా నల్లనయ్య కరుణించాడు భువిని సత్య సాయిగా విలిచాడు భువన చక్రవర్తిగా నిలిచాడు భువిని సత్య సాయిగా విలిచాడు భువన చక్రవర్తిగా నిలిచాడు ఎంత భాగ్యమో ఎంతటి సౌభాగ్యమో ఎంత భాగ్యమో ఎంతటి సౌభాగ్యమో హృదయాంతరంగ సాయి శ్రీ సత్య సాయిని హృదయాంతరంగ సాయి శ్రీ సత్య సాయిని సాయి 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 శ్రీ సాయి అని భక్తితో ప్రార్థించాము సాయి శ్రీ సాయి అని భక్తితో ప్రార్థించాము వరదాభయ దివ్యమూర్తి వరమిచ్చాడు వరదాభయ దివ్యమూర్తి వరమిచ్చాడు కరుణారస దివ్య దృష్టి సారించాడు ప్రేమామృత దివ్య వృష్టి కురిపించాడు కరుణారస దివ్య దృష్టి సారించాడు ప్రేమామృత దివ్య వృష్టి కురిపించాడు 
ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಭಗವಾನುಡು ಮನಕೋಸಂಬಿಗಿ ವಚ್ಚಾಡು ಭಗವಾನುಡು ಮನಕೋಸಂಬಿಗಿ ವಚ್ಚಾಡು ಭುವಿನಿ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಯಿಗ ನಿಲಿಷಾಡು ಭುವನ ಚಕ್ರವರ್ತಿಗ ನಿಲಿಚಾಡು ಭುವಿನಿ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಯಿಗ ನಿಲಿಷಾಡು ಭುವನ ಚಕ್ರವರ್ತಿಗ ನಿಲಿಚಾಡು ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತ ಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ ಎಂತಟಿ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಮೋ Welcome back dear listeners as we were discussing anybody has the capability to achieve god and god's love is equal on the good and the evil the theist and the atheist everybody is equal in god's eyes so prem the question that i get is if everybody is equal in god's eyes and everybody has equal capacity to attain the ultimate why is it that god encouraged some kind of people yeah before we come to why did swami encourage if anybody has any doubt we can tell it absolutely with certainty that swami did encourage the good exactly there have been went out of the way to encourage good there have been so many instances right where a person who is noble or who intend to do something good even the intention is enough swami has fostered that intention supported it and supported in such a manner that it stays as an inspiration for not only that person concerned but for everybody else to continue to do good for their entire lifetime right in fact you know even as we are talking about this I cannot but recount the experience of one of my seniors. Hmm. It cannot be more comprehensive than this. Swami saying that if you do what is right, I am there to come and reward you. I'll personally come and reward you. Hmm. This boy was working in Bangalore. Okay. And like many of Swami's students, you know, when they go out from Swami's portals, they take up a job. They want something in their life which they do for inner satisfaction, hmm. which gives them a feel of connect to Swami. Hmm. So similarly even this boy you know in search of such things he started associating himself with an orphanage a place which he used to visit every weekend and go and spend some time with those children so that way he felt that he is doing something for his inner satisfaction something to the society which will make swami happy hmm. again you know the inner feeling which drives you that something good will always please swami hmm. so he started doing that he would spend time with them he would teach them to sing he would teach them to dance he would train them in drama it came a time when you know they were teaching something a few dramas and a songs and all like that so he was helping them to do that hmm. and every now and then the children would come and ask brother you will be there no so he okay. said yeah definitely i'll be there don't worry he was like a mentor to right, them he was like a mentor and they were all orphans you know so they really took to this boy hmm. his kindness really attracted them to him but unfortunately exactly on the day when this program was to be staged this boy had to be in the office for a particular presentation some important dignitaries were coming and he had to make a presentation and he was the person who had to do it his mm. boss told him and he said you please cancel your leave you have to be here he tried explaining the situation he was in but the boss said no no this is very important so i'm canceling your leave you make sure you're there and you make the presentation so this boy went back and he was in a dilemma he didn't know what to do so the whole night he slept through this whole dilemma and in the morning he said okay swami i'm going to go to this orphanage the boss can always find somebody else to do the presentation and even if the presentation doesn't happen it's going to be a matter of few lakh rupees which will be cost to the organization but these children have nobody for some reason they look up to me for your love so i should not disappoint them so he was with the children the children were very happy he was very happy the whole day went by and then he came back and during this period you know he was staying with a few friends 
three of the students from our university they were staying together in a room so they were put up like that when he went back he was surprised by the scenario when you stay together they had their own rooster system you know every day one person goes and gets dinner on that day it was his turn to get dinner hmm and so when he came back everybody looked at him surprised he said what are you still doing here hmm okay so he said no i'm just coming back from the orphanage hmm so the boys looked at him and said what nonsense hmm. you came here sometime back hmm and we sent you to get dinner for us Oh. Have you forgotten that today is the day you're supposed to get dinner for all of us? So he said, "Yeah, I understand that, but today this program was there. I'm just coming." Hmm. And everybody was like, "You know what nonsense are you talking?" Hmm. You came back as usual. You come back from your office, hmm. and we just sent you out, and you're coming back here without the dinner. And then it struck him that there's something weird which has happened. Hmm. And when he went back to the office the next day, he realized that somebody was there. We know who that somebody is. who was there in the office and who did the presentation and who came back home also the presentation had been done yes <laughs> oh my god because swami had gone there in the form of this boy and made sure that he doesn't get into trouble with his boss he made sure that swami did all that work which he was supposed to do during the day only so that you know he feels encouraged to do that good which he was doing you do my work i will do yours right swami wanted to tell him that you know the good choice you've taken i want to reinforce that well prem this happened if we can say in swami's omnipresence i was reminded of an incident that happened in swami's physical presence the student who narrated the story to me mm-hmm. he requested anonymity and therefore i shall just call him a student okay so this student in the 1990s he was in the hostel at brindavan and that was a time for some reason swami was very upset with the students so much so that he refused to grant them three sessions okay now three sessions is what defines the life in brindavan two months of swami's stay in brindavan with three sessions is equal to 10 months of swami's stay in prashantiniliyam because that is the amount of love and that is the amount of proximity that you get in a three session all the students were constantly praying for a chance to get back into swami's good books mm-hmm. one evening swami indeed called all the students for a three session at least that's what the students thought they rushed in and when they rushed in they saw swami was not down he was not at the jula he was not at the chair so they were wondering where is swami swami in the central hall he is in the balcony i'm sure you know it mm-hmm. that swami's room leads to a circular balcony below which is actually the huge hall where everybody gathers So Swami was up there in the balcony mm-hmm. and he was telling the boys in a very upset tone he was saying all vice chancellors are coming to Prashantiniliyam for the conference there was a vice chancellors conference scheduled he said vice chancellors are able to realize the value of swami <laughs> but our boys don't know the value mm. so thank you boys thank you for all that you have given me you know it was sheer sarcasm and he said i'm leaving tomorrow morning right he asked his personal attendant there what time are we leaving he said swami 5 o'clock yes 5 o'clock we are leaving okay thank you you may leave and that was how the session ended okay now this student when he came walking out he was feeling so bad he felt that what is the use you know now swami will leave for prashanti after that we will go back to our own routine of studying playing eating cha how can life go on in the same manner when the reason for our lives is so upset with us so you know he just made a strong determination he said i don't want i don't want food i don't want sleep i don't want anything i just want swami now this student had been receiving a lot of proximity and attention from swami he used to speak to swami on a regular basis swami used to speak to him 
and so everybody used to look up to this boy he was also very disciplined he was an ideal student in studies in games in everything okay and when he made the statement saying that you know i don't want to have food everybody else also decided that you know if he is not having food we also not have we also you know it became like some mass movement okay everybody decided that we won't have food we want to please swami and we don't have time also mm-hmm. because tomorrow morning swami is leaving early in the morning and so it happened that even the bell did not ring at 8 o'clock the student who is supposed to ring the bell for dinner also did not do his duty okay there was no bell that rang all the food items had been placed in the dining hall but nobody came to serve nobody came to get served after some time the warden and the teachers they were worried they thought what happened they came to know that nobody has had food in the whole hostel <laughs> and then when they made enquiries chinese whisper the way it travels it became that this student has told us not to have food to please swami he had just made an exclamation for himself he wouldn't do it ha huh. everybody got inspired and now it became that he is like a student leader who is making us do all this okay this boy in the meanwhile had gone to if you remember there's a hanuman chalisa room right in brindavan he was sitting in a the corner there shedding tears and praying to swami when they located him the teacher called the student and told him what have you done he had no idea what he had done he said sir what happened then the teacher explained the whole thing the student felt very bad he explained his side he said no sir this was not my intention i didn't tell everybody in anything of such sort then the teacher told him see on a previous occasion when swami was upset it had happened exactly like this all the students had not eaten mm-hmm. swami came back to brindavan after 3 days in parthi and swami looked thin emaciated and very weak and swami said that one session you all did not have food from that day i have not even touched water and there were tears all around and you could see how swami had become frail and everybody felt you know that is a form that the universe adores and is ready to do anything for it and here were the students harming that form apparently so the teacher told him this and told see be careful when you do like this swami doesn't like this this student felt so repentant he said that was not my intention but still the mistake has happened you know what he did prem it was so amazing he went and rang the dinner bell at 10 o'clock in the night he called two three boys spoke to them went room to room requesting boys please come and have dinner please come and have dinner about half the hostel managed to come the other half had already slept by then mm-hmm. so what this boy did is he woke up each student lovingly asked him what he wanted took his plate went down fetched food for him mm-hmm. and after they all ate didn't stop there took their plates washed it and placed it back mm-hmm. by the time he completed this whole thing it was 3 am mm-hmm. 3 o'clock in the morning but he was happy he was satisfied he said swami my intention was only to make you happy I didn't know that it was misfire and end up in something that will make you sad but now I am happy swami everybody has had food and even as he was saying this and keeping back his plate he was the last to have the food his room if you remember in brindavan some of the rooms on one of the sides of the hostel can view trai brindavan directly right so he saw at 3 o'clock in the morning swami's room light was on mm-hmm. he said my god swami will not be awake so early unless he is planning to leave early so he rushed around trying to tell wake up people you know i think swami is leaving nobody took him seriously because swami had said that he is leaving at 5 and it was 3 in the morning everybody had slept late after this dinner fiasco so he along with the two or three other boys you know who were along with him in this whole process of coordinating dinner for everyone mm-hmm. only these four boys landed up in trai brindavan within 5 minutes the door opened swami walked out and the car came 
and they were sure that you know Swami is leaving off at three o'clock. So he had a letter in his hand. He just wrote Swami, we all love you. We are very sorry for this. For whatever has happened, please forgive. That was the letter in his hand. And as Swami sat in the car, he thrust his letter in between the door frame and the door when the door was open. And instead of pulling the letter from him, Swami touched the letter and pushed his hand. As his hand was coming out, the person shut the door. So the letter got wedged in the door mm-hmm. and a quarter of the letter was in the student's hand. Three-fourth of the letter was hanging inside the car. Swami just looked at the student and smiled and drove off. So he did not know what was the impact or anything. But 3.30 in the morning, the students returned back to the hostel. Within a week, Swami sent word for these students saying that they should put up a drama when the vice chancellors and all have come here for the meet. Mm-hmm. And that was how a group of students, which included this particular student, okay. happened to get a chance to come to Prashant Inlium. And that time, Swami called all of them for an interview. The first thing Swami said, pointing out to the student was, Hey, khana nahi khata hai. Hey, you don't eat food. So immediately, this boy remembered all that had happened. He said, Swami, no Swami. I, before he could again give any explanation, Swami said, Lekin sab ko khilata hai. <laughs> But you feed everyone. Swami said, I know. Very happy. Swami was so happy. Then the student said, Swami, please allow all the other students from Brindavan also to come here and have your darshan. All are pining for you. Swami said, I know. They need not come. Within a few days, I shall myself come to Brindavan. And the student said that next time when Swami came to Brindavan, it was as if the whole last few months of that turmoil had never happened. Swami gave himself completely to the students. So, this was another example where I feel that something done in a total physical absence of which apparently Swami has no idea about still pleases and Swami has physically responded saying that I know you have done and I am happy with this and therefore I am rewarding you. So, it is a known fact that Swami encourages the good. In fact, you know, every student will have some small experience to share like this where one thing which he did to please Swami, one thing which would make his life turn more towards good. And Swami would have rewarded that. A very small incident. Mm-hmm. And maybe only the student who experienced that would have known the joy which it gave to him. Mm-hmm. You know? Same, you were talking about the Thai session, the same round hall and Swami coming on the balcony. Mm-hmm. This was the boy's first day in the university. You know, okay. the first day in the campus. Swami is called for a Thai session. And they are all sitting down and Swami comes on the balcony. Mm-hmm. And for some reason... He felt that Swami is looking at him and Swami was angry. Okay. I don't think anybody else would have felt that Swami is looking at this boy. But this boy internally felt that Swami is looking at me and Swami is angry with me. So immediately he did a self-audit. What could it be that Swami is angry about? And the first thing which came up in his mind is, Oh, I've been a non-vegetarian all my life. Mm. And Swami doesn't like it. Mm. As this thought was going on, as this revelation to himself came, Swami had already moved by and Swami was going around that round hall. And he said, Oh, so that is what is making Swami unhappy. So he said, okay, Swami, I resolve from now, I become a vegetarian. Okay, he just made that mental prayer. He said, Swami, henceforth, I will not consume non-vegetarian food. I am a vegetarian from now. By the time this whole thought process had completed, Swami had again come to the same point from where Swami could see him. Okay, and then when he made this prayer and looked up to Swami, Swami looked at him and smiled. Wow. So he said, okay, then Swami has accepted you know, my, my decision. Uh-huh. So like this, now every student will have some small incident where they say that, Swami says, you take one step towards me, I'll take ten steps towards you. You know, one step towards goodness. And Swami would have just been waiting to encourage that goodness. 
exactly so as you said you know there is no doubt about it that swami always encourage good yes till now if we see our discussion we started off with everyone is equally capable of attaining god and then god loves everyone equally and therefore the question came why should we do good but we see that we should do good because swami supports the good well we'll take another small break here and here is a song that reiterates so many of swami's teachings start the day with love fill the day with love spend the day with love end the day with love love all serve all help ever hurt never so many all of swami's quotations in one single song beautifully composed and made and i feel this can be swami's life teachings song and we can see in this song also that through every message of his swami has always fostered and is fostering good
Satya Sai Baba, your life is your message. We shall follow you. Mary care is for life. So let it be free. Fortune is for life. So let it be free. Educate is for life. So let it be free. Educate, many care. सत्य साई तेरी महिमा साई तेरी महिमा सत्य साई बाबा लव इज हर एक प्राणी से प्रेम करो हर मानव की सेवा करो हिंदू मुस्लिम सिख ईसाई हर प्राणी से प्रेम करो हिंदू मुस्लिम सिख ईसाई हर प्राणी से प्रेम करो dear listeners we are in the last segment of this thursday's afternoon satsang and we are in a very interesting juncture over here we now discussed prem that swami has encouraged goodness but that's only one side of the coin i'm sure there are many instances where swami has even actively discouraged what we call as badness or wrong ways absolutely in fact you know there was a discourse where swami was telling hmm what is the use of deva priti what is the use of having devotion and love for god if it does not express itself as sanganiti and papabiti and papabiti what is the use of love for god if it does not express as papabiti that is fear of sin and sanganiti which is morality, morality in, society. in society so you cannot be immoral and be sinful and say that i love god and that will take care of everything because swami says the proof they say the proof of the pudding is in the eating in the same way the proof of your love for god 
is in you being moral and you having fear of sin in fact you know we should come back to this statement later because this is the conjoining point coming to the point which you were just raising that you know apart from swami encouraging good swami is always discourage bad mm. i think you can pick any discourse of swami to hear how vehemently <laughs> he opposes bad because swami says idealism is what we want we as students have been on the receiving end of swami's wrath apparent wrath when swami feels that we have not towing the right line mm. and i remembered of one incident which one elderly devotee shared Mm-hmm. Mr. Chidambaram Krishnan, we have spoken so much about him. But you know, very valuable lessons Swami has taught him through small, small incidents in his life. He was from a very well-off family. So one of the pastimes which he and his brothers had was hunting. Okay. Okay. That's the pastime of royalty usually. Right. Because only they could afford having a gun and having a license vehicles for a gun and, and yes. vehicles. So he used to do that and he had his own friend circle. every now and then they would go into the forest and indulge in this mm. and he used to be an expert in duck hunting okay you know, because these ducks fly off when you shoot mm. so he was very good he was a very good marksman so when he came to swami swami slowly toned him down and swami made him give up non vegetarian food swami calmed him down as a person because he used to be a man of very bad temper mm. so these are all things which were happening in him and one thing which swami told him was you know you go out and kill innocent animals like this in what way is that right well you said just now that you know swami calmed his temper swami those acts itself you can see that swami is discouraging the bad right absolutely hmm yeah actually he was telling us how this past time came to be known to swami he used to travel with swami in his car so once when swami was sitting in the car you know the rifle which he had put under the seat came out you know oh, it hit okay. swami's leg hmm. so then swami said hey what are you having a rifle here so then he went on to explain that you know he had this past time of going with friends and doing a bit of hunting so mm. that's when swami told him that this is not right and all that so he had given up hunting but once you know he was out with his friends in a forest guest house and then everybody said come let's go out and do some hunting mm. so he said no i have given up hunting i don't do it anymore the friends were a bit disappointed because he was the best marksman mm. so they kind of you know pushed him and said no no come on there's nothing wrong we'll do we've been doing it all our life and all that mm. but this person said no i won't do it so they went out for hunting but he said i will not hunt but after going there they somehow managed to push him to take one shot okay. so one of his friends said okay i understand that you having fear of sin but whatever sin accrues of you shooting i will take it upon myself for quite brave of that friend okay. to say so. so so you take a shot mm-hmm. what was sin is that i think maybe he thought there's so much of sin in one bit of sin will not going to or maybe be- he didn't believe at all in this yeah, concept of sin know, and right. karma so i think i don't know whether he fell for that argument or something so he shot a duck okay so they took the duck and they go back home within a couple of days he gets a call from this friend who promised to take the sin mm. that he was very very ill and he was literally on his deathbed oh my god okay mm. so he rushed to him and you know they found that he was very seriously ill and for some reason he was going on getting this idea that this man said i will take your sin and that is what has resulted in <laughs> and that that is what has resulted in this so he rushed to swami he mm. said only swami can save this poor fellow that swami clarified that thought of his swami said yes because he told that he's going to take you sin that's what has happened to him mm. so of course apparently swami revives that person after that but you know very clearly swami proving that that was wrong and you were punished for that you know prem at this point the question that comes is a question you know that bothered me for a very very long time in fact i actually sat in meditation you know i never do meditation i don't know exactly how to meditate but just close my eyes and pray to swami and just sat for long in the altar thinking about this till now in our discussion we have come up with swami's love being equal on all and 
Swami's statement that everybody can attain the ultimate, only that they have to give up Dehabhimanam. If this is the case, that means Swami's love should pour equally on everybody and Swami's attention should be equally on all. But then the question comes, why is it then that Swami who said that all are equal and all are equally capable, still supports good people and supports good actions, actively encourages it on one hand and on the other hand, actively discourages, you know, what we perceive as evil, as bad and makes them change, transform. Why does God do that then? If all are equal and all are equally capable. It's like the same Krishna who showed the vision of everything evil and good coming from him. The Vishwarupam was all about that. Hmm. Death is coming from him, birth is coming from him. The good, bad, everybody are part of him. That same Krishna declared, Paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya chatashrutam. To uplift the righteous, righteous and to destroy the evil, I come. Evil. So the same Lord who is dissolving this duality, he is saying that I have come to protect one and destroy the other. So, as I said, Prem, you know, it was such a deep thought and I am convinced without doubt that the answer arose surely from Swami. Mm-hmm. It comes in different ways as, you know, text in the book, as an inspired thought. But I am sure it's Swami's answer and such a beautiful answer. I feel that will answer so many other subsidiary questions. Questions like, why did God create evil? And uh, why does God support the good if all are equal? If He loves everyone equally, why does He protect the righteous and destroy the wicked? All these questions will be answered. But before we go to the answer, there are two points that have to be made. The first point, I think we have made it quite clearly throughout our discussion. And that is, the world is dual. If you take a coin, you can't tell I want only the heads. The tails automatically comes along. The same way as we discussed with the magnet. You can't separate the poles. They are meant to be together. That is the nature. And so the nature of the world is to be dual. Which means there will always be 50% good, 50% bad. There will be 50% light, 50% darkness. And that's what happens. You know, even as the earth is turning around its axis, we have half the globe having light, half the globe having darkness. In everything we see, we see this duality exhibiting itself. When we eat food, we eat salty dishes and sweet dishes. If you eat any one of them, you get nauseated. You long and crave for the other. People who eat only sweets have salt cravings. People who eat other way have a sweet tooth and they have sweet cravings. It is so evident from our practical life that this duality was meant to be. That is point number one. And point number two, this is very interesting and important, is how the response of good towards evil differs from the response of evil towards good. Mm-hmm. If I am good in something, mm-hmm. say I am a vegetarian, Okay. I don't eat non-veg. I have my own faults, no doubt. But whomever I see non-vegetarian, I want to tell them to change into vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. And depending on my attitude and my nature, the way I tell them differs. I may shout at them and tell them, you are killing harmless animals. You know, scold them and tell them. Or I might try to, you know, lovingly coax them, cajole them. In all the aspects where I am good, I try to transform everyone around also into being good. So, you know, I try to either destroy the bad or transform the bad. Okay. You know, if we see somebody loitering around wasting time, we tell, no, why? Why don't you join some samiti? Come, sing some bhajans, do seva. I am not happy me doing bhajans and seva alone. I want everyone else also to do seva and bhajan. So that is how the good responds to the bad. Mm -hmm. The good wants to either destroy the bad or transform the bad. Right? Okay. That is the thing. But now you see the way the bad responds to the good. The bad never tries to destroy the good. 
Okay. Because the bad, I think, somehow recognizes the fact that it needs the good for its survival. <laughs> In the sense, if there's a cheat, he wants those innocent, gullible people to be there. If everybody becomes cunning and cheaters like him, whom will he cheat? <laughs> so he is happy if the tribe of the good, innocent, and gullible people increases. Okay. He is happy with that. So, bad actually wants to exploit the good and survive on it. But a spiritual aspirant wants everybody to turn to spirituality. Just like see anybody we meet, we want everyone to recognize the beauty of Swami's teachings and live Swami's teachings in their life. Right. So, good tries to change the bad. either by destroying it or transforming it while bad is comfortable with the good and it is here that bad is at an advantage because good is trying to change the balance of something that is unchangeable <laughs> in rule 1 we said that the world is dual it has 50% good 50% bad right but good is trying to change all the bad so that the whole world becomes good the dawn of the golden age the rama rajya where everybody is noble and you know nobody needs to lock their home doors because there are no thieves there is no robbery nothing i mean that is what is perceived as the golden age right and that is why the good is out to transform and change the duality they want to change the dual world into a good world right which never happens because the nature of the dual world is to be dual mm-hmm. and that is why the good is always getting frustrated and irritated as to why nothing seems to be happening in spite of me doing this that is why the question comes why should i be good so many avatars have come so many uh, incarnations of the lord have come and what has happened the world has remained the same badness doesn't seem to have decreased at all and the good get frustrated the bad never get frustrated like that the bad never feels why is the whole world not evil and wicked it's good i mean if the whole world becomes evil wicked i won't be able to survive and therefore good has greater chances of getting frustrated and depressed but you know one thing which i'm just thinking is the fact that this duality cannot be removed mm-hmm. is because the duality is non existent if you just look at it the most famous and the most strong analogy with vedanta gives about reality and non reality is seeing a rope in the darkness mm. a man is walking on a dark road and he sees a rope lying a distance ahead the moment he sees that he thinks it's a snake Hmm. And the moment he thinks it's a snake, fear arises. Hmm. The moment fear arises, all the other possibilities arise in his mind. Hmm. Should I run? If I don't run, if it bites me, hmm. if it bites me, if I die, should I, I kill it? Hmm. I don't have a medical insurance. What will happen to my family? Hmm. If my family comes to the road, you know, all this is coming from something which is non-existent. Hmm. All this is arising from his false idea that there is a snake there. Hmm. So even though there is no snake in reality. all the fear and everything is built on something which is unreal exactly right so that is why vedanta says when you inquire that which is unreal will vanish so the moment you know that there is not a snake there it's a rope all these permutation combination just vanish in a moment and prem i think you have hit the nail on the head you said that when you inquire all this will vanish i feel you know this was the answer that swami inspired that it is only when you get constantly depressed dejected and frustrated being good you're being good but you're not seeing the results of being good while those who are being bad are seeming to enjoy it it is out of that frustration and depression that you turn inward that you start inquiring and therefore you see it is only to in quotes you know the good people that these questions arise why be good why is goodness not changing the world these are the rudimentary first few steps primary steps in the process of self inquiry 
and that is when you inquire within and the realization dawns from within because as swami says all the answers are within and that is what takes you beyond the duality of the world and that can happen only with goodness because the bad don't get frustrated and irritated because the bad is fine it's only the good that will get frustrated because the good is always trying to change something that is non-existent and therefore swami encourages the good you know you see you take the example of gautam buddha gautam buddha was pained he was depressed he was frustrated with the pain that he was seeing around the suffering that he saw around the death that he saw around and he started off on the quest to you know find a solution for these can you say that he did not find the solution or can we say that he did find the solution <laughs> <laughs> if you say that he did find the solution why is there still suffering pain and death in the world and if you say that he did not find the solution how did he become the buddha once you realize your oneness then there's no pain no suffering no happiness no joy no sorrow that's it you become the buddha the enlightened one and everyone aspires to be the buddha and you know buddha had a smile when a person fell at his feet and buddha had a smile when angulimala hit him on his head buddha had a smile when somebody praised him buddha had a smile when somebody cursed him because he saw no separation at all he saw the unity in the whole creation and it is that state which is termed as sthita pragna a state of equanimity where nothing touches you and it is that state which is beyond good bad joy sorrow and reaching that state is possibly what is termed as atma sakshatkaram or the ultimate and in order to go to that state you need to do inquiry inquire within and that inquiry comes about only when you are frustrated depressed and dejected and nothing seems to be working out and that happens only to the good <laughs> absolutely because you know as you said hmm. it all lies in that desire to change what is bad hmm. and you know just as a plan of action if hmm. you want to change something you have to study about that thing correct so when you know that there is duality you will go in search of okay i have to transform the bad let me catch the bad and when you go on and on in that effort that is when you realize that oh this is non existent correct this duality which i see is non existent so that effort to change which comes out of goodness is most important the problem with bad is bad is happy maintaining status quo exactly one of the most beautiful analogies and most powerful ones which i ever think of is that of a rocket launcher i think we've shared this many times before mm-hmm. but in this discussion it definitely has a place when you want to launch a satellite in orbit you know you set up a rocket launcher mm-hmm. which has one part which has the satellite mm-hmm. and there are so many other parts to it booster parts the one which gives it the boost the one which gives it the speed the, the one thrust. which mm-hmm. gives it the thrust there's so many and as this rocket takes off You know, there's something called an escape velocity. Hmm. The Earth's gravity will keep trying to pull every object towards itself. So you need an escape velocity, a speed which will break this gravitational force and take it beyond the Earth's atmosphere, and then put the satellite in orbit. Hmm. Okay, so you have so many other parts in this, like as you said, the booster and all that, which gives it the thrust. Without these boosters, the satellite will not be taken to the orbit. Hmm. But the moment this has taken place, the moment the gravity has been breached. the same parts which actually help to take it beyond the gravity have to be dropped because if it doesn't happen this thing has the no danger of any time being pulled back to the surface of the earth exactly so that which takes it beyond the gravity itself has to be dropped so the same goodness which is actually taking you to a certain state that duality has to be dropped after a certain state 
beautiful prem and maybe in conclusion you know to the question that was posed mm-hmm. that is god the source of both good and evil i mean god is the source of everything and therefore we see it as good and evil they are just two sides of the coin for the lord i remember another beautiful analogy which puts things into perspective mm-hmm. i mean if you ask if god is creating why did he have to create evil at all it's like we make movies right we make dramas why do we create villains in the movie it's totally in our hands right but yet though the script is in our hands the direction is in our hands the actors are in our hands everything is in our hands yet invariably we create a villain and we show the triumph of good over evil why do we do it why do we create tragedies why do we create horror movies and you know what on top of it we enjoy them also we enjoy tragedies we enjoy horror movies we enjoy everything because we are rooted in the truth that this is just entertainment none of this is happening that actor who is dying there is not dying because he can't die now just see these are all vedic statements though i am making it in terms of a movie when i watch the movie i tell no no that actor can't die water can't wet him fire can't burn him explosions can't blow him to pieces nothing can happen to him he is immortal he won't die in term of the movie that's true and that's what our scriptures tell us that the atma fire can't burn water can't wet steel can't pierce nothing it can never be destroyed and so therefore when you yourself when you're given your own limited thing you're doing all this how dare we question god why do you create it but when we see why we create the kind of movies that we create it's just for entertainment nothing more nothing less at the end of it that's all it's all over i'm also reminded of one more incident that i saw you know a little child was on a beach mm-hmm. and uh, had buckets and shovels and building something furiously digging the sand and it was not very perfect as such but some sort of a castle took shape and it was nice it was hard work for this child for maybe about half an hour to 45 minutes maybe an hour also and as i was watching with fascination after all that got over the child got up stood smiled laughed then walked away from that i thought what is this as it walked away a dog came near that castle immediately the child came running and shoot away the dog so it was guarding its precious sand castle at the end of about 2 hours you know it was time to leave the mother called out for the child and said come let's go we are going this child to my shock just turns around runs leaps in the air and collapses fully flat onto that sand castle fully and, and you know the whole effort of 1 hour of building and almost an hour of guarding just gone in a moment of destruction and the child has a smile on its face you know gee that was fun and you know so happy and runs back to its mother as i saw the scene i just felt maybe this is what the divine child does with the sands of time creation sustenance and destruction all just for fun that's all i mean there's nothing like a reason or anything like that that's why they say god is g generator o organizer d destroyer maybe it's just an entertainment i mean what the, the way we watch a movie nothing much to it and the minute we realize that it's a movie that's all we are not affected we don't feel the pain nor do we feel the pleasure that happens in the movie and even if we feel it is only for our entertainment that we are involving ourselves in the movie and feeling it but at the end of the show 
we don't have tears nor are we laughing in fact you know i'm reminded of one thing which swami had told the devotee mm. the devotee once asked after a very major natural calamity hundreds of people were dead so they asked swami swami why is all this happening you know you are here in such a huge calamity and swami said that is because you are afraid of death because you perceive death as such a bad thing you're thinking oh such a big calamity but for me people just come do what they have to do learn what they have to learn and they go it is all in perception because swami says shrishti lo there is no lopam swami says shrishti lo lopam emi ledu drishti lo shrishti lo lopam undi it is in your perception if you look at it you know when we say let us say that each one of us live only for a day when we get up in the morning we'll be very happy it's bright and as the day goes it gets brighter and brighter and when the day falls when the night comes we get scared because we have never seen day fall hmm okay because we live only for a day so when day fall comes we're all scared so every time we think that oh morning is happiness and day fall when the night comes you have to be scared it's the same thing we're doing with life hmm if you can equate birth with daybreak and death with nightfall because we have not seen it before at least in our consciousness that is not there we think oh god death is coming oh wow somebody is born brightness mm. Mm. but for the god who sees the bigger picture he says are today you go tomorrow you will come man <laughs> <laughs> but of course you know even as we are talking about good and bad and you saying that it's all in our imagination one paradoxical question and one smart question people who think they are smart will ask is so if i transcend good and bad then i can do bad right <laughs> 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 That's really a paradoxical question because when you transcend good and bad when you say can i do bad my answer would be bad what and whom are you speaking to Absolutely because you know if you ask this question to Swami Swami would just say try it out <laughs> Exactly because once you transcend the duality all that exists is here and now That's all That's why it is time for us to start practicing it with a true sense of surrender and as Swami has defined surrender is whatever happens you should tell idi na manchi kosame this is good for me this is good for me because everything is good for you just like the movie script is perfect the script of our life is also perfect and with that attitude of surrender let us continue to be good do good see good inculcate good so that we will be prodded on to inquire within and realize the ultimate that all that we think is real is actually unreal and all that we think is imagination is the truth so dear listeners if you ever wondered that is all this devotion futile i don't think it definitely is because as swami said devapriti should express itself as papabhiti mm. maybe that is the touchstone devotion as it is may not be useful but that devotion which turns you towards goodness and that goodness which turns you towards inquiry and that inquiry which will lead you to the, the ultimate, ultimate state of giving up dehabhimanam and getting atmabhimanam atma sakshatkaram or daivabhimanam so which clearly puts it in perspective that yes good and bad come from god and bad has as much a role as good has otherwise god will not put it there and that itself is a starting point which swami has given each one of us so that your listeners will bring us to the end of this discussion there is so much more to say in this and we would love to know what you have to say about it so you can always write to listener at radiosai.org we are very eagerly awaiting your response we offer this humble effort of ours at swami's lotus feet and we will bring this satsang to a close with one beautiful bhajan taken from album bhavanjali volume 6 <laughs> Thank you.
सहज सुनो प्रभु साईना
You just heard an episode of our radio series Afternoon Satsang. This is a live discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday live at 12:30 p.m. on July 4th, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener@radiosai.org. Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashanthi Nilayam.